You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Listen, man. I know it sounds too good to be true, but I want you to just do me a favor and run on over to SaveWithConrad.com. Get yourself a quick quote. My man, Andy M just left us a five-star review over at conradreviews.com, And he had this to say the effort and communication from Josh was above and beyond. We ran into several unexpected hiccups along the way, but Josh kept us informed and kept looking for options to get things done. In the end, we were still able to refinance to a 15 year loan, where we're going to be able to pay it off in 10. And we took enough cash out to pay off our credit cards, my truck loan, and even buy my wife, her very first new vehicle. We're going to save over $500 a month from what we would have been paying without the refinance. We can't thank everyone enough. Now guys, that right there is a win, win, win situation. Let me explain over the last couple of years, your house is probably worth more than ever. Now, what you do with that equity is up to you. And what I'm going to recommend is we do what our man Andy did. Andy took himself from a 30 year loan down to 15 years, but he's planning to pay it off in 10. Now, how can he afford to do that? We got rid of all his credit card debt. Just like that, we got rid of his truck loan and we even got him enough cash to get his wife a new vehicle. The result, cheaper monthly payments. How does that happen? How do you get a new car, pay off a truck and get rid of your credit cards and cut years off your loan? You go to savewithconrad.com. We're going to get you cheaper monthly payments. And how's this for starters? No house payments for the next two months. That's right. You can skip your next two payments. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket and buddy. If we can't help you save some cash, we won't waste your time. And here's the best part. We don't say no. We say not yet, but here's how. I don't care if you were late here or there. Maybe you had a bankruptcy back in the day. Maybe you were late on a credit card. We're going to help you figure out how to get in the situation that your family needs now and long-term. We want to be your mortgage advisor for life at savewithconrad.com. Woo Wings, a virtual restaurant concept from the man himself, the nature boy, Ric Flair. Enjoy the legendary flavors and world championship wings by ordering with your Uber Eats or Postmates app. Woo Wings is now open in Nashville, San Antonio, Jacksonville, Florida, as well as Huntsville and Tuscaloosa in Alabama, with many more locations coming soon. Try the only chicken wings worthy of carrying the name of the 16-time world heavyweight champion. Tell them, Nate. Wings! Legendary flavors! World championship wings! Woo! Woo wings! Yeah! Woo woo! Broadcasting from the Blue Chew Studios. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code ARN at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. Hello and welcome to ARN. This is Paul Bromwell, and today I am joined by none other than the Hall of Famer, the founder of the Four Horsemen, the creator of the Spinebuster, as you know, the man synonymous with the television title, and the man who kicked both Rick and Scott Steiner's asses in less than 90 seconds during a promo. Ladies and gentlemen, he's the enforcer. He's double A. He's Arn Anderson. Arn, how are you this week, my friend? Well, I'm drunk from replaying that deal with the Steiners. I, I bet you did. <laughs> I didn't remember that. And boy, that was, uh, I got away with one there. I'm sure I got paid back in triplicate, but that was kind of nice to see for a moment. Arn, as I was going through your introduction, I said the man syn- also said the man synonymous with the television title. And I don't know, you may have been asked this before, I don't know, but I'm going to bring it up again. And I know you might not be a huge 
belt mark or belt nerd as they call it. But man, I, I love the red leather television title. You carried that one. You also carried the black leather. As far as aesthetics, did you have a preference on which one you liked as far as which one you thought looked better to you? Um, I kind of like the black leather. Okay. You know, but, but I was just proud to hold either one just because of what it represented and the fact that you're going to be on TV 15 minutes minimum every single Saturday. You know, you I, that, that carried a lot of responsibility with it. Uh, you were, you know, we're going to be under the, uh, the hour, well, not the hourglass, but a microscope. The, under the microscope, yeah, yeah. E- every Saturday, and, and that's a challenge that I welcomed. And and you know what? As wrestling fans, always good to see you on our television sets, whether it was the red leather or black leather, but we learned this week he preferred the black leather. But, man, I can't wait about this month, and we're going to combine uh, April and May because we talked about it last week and, and the week before. You had suffered an injury. Um, so we're combining April and May of 1990 with this episode. And uh, like I said, we talked about that injury that used to say in February 25th at the Russell War pay-per-view, the fallout that surrounded it. Um, so we're going to combine those events. But, buddy, that means we're going to discuss the build to Capital Combat and the use of RoboCop uh, for the promotion. <laughs> I can already see the look on your face. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Do we have to? Yeah, I guess we, we have. have to. That's the bad news. But the good news is the best pure worker the horseman ever had makes his triumphant return. Uh, and that is Barry Wyndham. You've talked about BW quite a bit. Barry Wyndham's back. And we're going to close out the month with the newest member of the horseman, the man from anywhere he damn well pleases. That's right, Sid Vicious. And uh, so here we go. We have a lot to unpack today, as Connie would say. Are you ready to jump into April and May of 1990, my friend? I'm not sure, but let's do it anyway. Oh, we're going to do it. So, uh, listen, we start off at the Civic Center in Asheville, North Carolina, on April 1st. The audience in attendance for the matinee show watched Luger and the Steiners take on the Horsemen. You and Ole substituted for the Minnesota Wrecking Crew, too. Yep, that's the team we discussed last week. And then later in the day at the Charlotte Coliseum, the NWA completed the double shot, and that main event featured Luger and Flair. And uh, following the double shot, as we also discussed last week, Ole managed the Minnesota Wrecking Crew, too, at many of these live events because you were still injured. And uh, But you were still making some of the towns, not all of them. For instance, uh, here we go on, on April 2nd, Mike Enos and Wayne Bloom lost their match against Pillman and the Z-Man, uh, for the U.S. tag titles in Gainesville, Georgia. But then three days later, you would work with Ole against the Steiner brothers in Charlottesville, Virginia. The four of you wrestled the match second from the top, but the horsemen would come up short on that night. Flair and Luger would close the show in the main event. That match, by the way, ended when Ole interfered, saving Flair from the torture rack. So, again, they're using you in different spots here. Not every spot, but I'm sure it's just kind of easing you in and i guarantee in those tag matches you're probably not working a whole lot here it's a lot of Oli, right i would think so it would just about have to be uh, even though i was probably cleared to go back to work you in those situations you don't always know what's good for you yeah and you, and you go out and overdo it uh i don't have recollections of doing that i, I knew that i had been injured and when it takes you a while to get back. It's a whole different process than just getting dinged up for the night. So I was trying to watch what I did and be careful and, you know, as, as, as careful as you can be fighting the Steiner brothers, my God, it's like being in a bar fight, car wreck and falling out of an airplane without a parachute <laughs> all on one day. And, and I, I tell you what, you might not have been wrestling a lot, but just to see your names, the Andersons on the card, uh, too, it's got to help with some ticket sales and things like that. So, uh, not a too bad of a business move as long as I'm sure they were protecting you and making sure what was best for you. Hopefully, you were. I know back in those days, it probably wasn't as uh, cautious and careful as they are now with the wrestlers and injuries. But uh, uh, you were coming back. That's the good news. Uh, we move on to April 8th, buddy. 8,000 fans attended the matches at the Omni. You and Oli did not wrestle on that card. Uh, the Nature Boy lost an unsanctioned non-title steel cage match at the 20-minute mark when Luger earned the pin following a power slam. 
And then April 14th, there would be a confrontation with Lex Luger and the world champion, Ric Flair. It would air on world championship wrestling. Arn, this is it, buddy. Our first clip of the week. We're going to take a look at it and how it all went down. Uh, This is from World Championship Wrestling, April 14th, 1990. Let's take a look. Champ, I'll tell you what, Lex Luger, he doesn't know a wrist lock from a wristwatch. That's why he has got to blame all these outside activities like woman, like Ole Anderson. He's got to make excuses. Wait a minute, what, what's going on? Oh, look at this. Because if you open your trap one more time, you're going to need a hell of a lot of insurance. And nature boy, the only reason I don't break you in half right now, because the world title's not in the line, and I ain't letting you off that easy. You know, Luger, the last time you got in the ring with me in front of my public, the only thing that kept you alive was the fact that five people were holding you down. But if you get in my face today with a woman here, I'm going to kick your ass. You understand that? Think about it, Lex Luger, baby. We're out of here. See you later. Hey, wait a second. I'm not crazy. shield Ole Anderson trying to sneak attack on Luger now Flair those shots are not effective on the big total package What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Arn, there we are, classic horseman beatdown. Once again, back at it. Yeah, just uh, seeing Nancy there mm. takes your way back. It does. Uh, no, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, here's the thing. And, and I was watching as, as we were watching that clip together. 
One of the most impressive visuals, and it always was, even as a kid watching it through this era, was Lex Luger and the press slam. And it was when Sting did the press slam, the gorilla slam over the head. Just as a kid, seeing these guys being able to do that, whether it was Flair or you or one of those guys on the receiving end, it was just an awesome spectacle. Well, there's very few guys that can do it and do it properly. And, you know, it's a rare, rare individual that can press a 270-pound guy because it's dead weight above his head. And Luger, there's one thing about it. Lex had the physique, but he was strong as well. Some people just have what we call beach muscles, and they look like a million dollars, but they're not really strong. Luger was strong, too. The other thing that I enjoyed about it was Jim Ross on the call, man. He always added intensity to the moment. He just had that way just to take it up a notch uh, for you, the wrestling fan. So love that. Uh, in addition to that, it was announced that Flair and Luger would be wrestling in a cage as the rematch has been signed. And Arn, one more thing, buddy. You were the one who had the shoe. It wasn't J.J. Dillon. No, we know he had a, a shoe fetish. But here you come <laughs> again with the shoe, doing the damage with the shoe, buddy. Well, in that particular chunk of time in the industry, a, a shoe was a viable weapon. <laughs> I don't know if it was just enough to sting him and piss him off or what the deal was, but I figured if it worked for J.J., I'd give it a try. He used the loafers. Women was around, so it was the high heel, and Arm was taking full advantage of it, and uh, you were a heel. That's what you were supposed to do. So a heel using a heel. There heels you go. with a heel with heels. There you go. Well, listen, five days later, you return to in-ring action in Charleston, West Virginia. It's April 19th. It's an eight-man tag, buddy. Your opponents, Rick and Scott Steiner, and if that ain't bad enough, the Road Warriors. Oh, well, Welcome oh. back, Double A. Welcome God, back. You're talking about welcoming you back into a damn shark's mouth. Jesus. In the book of bad ideas, where does wrestling these four men in the same match rang for you, buddy? Somebody in the, in the big chair in the office must have been really pissed at us. Oh, man. Oh I do want, God. I, I, when I saw that doing the research, I'm like, oh, wow. I know how much you talked about the Steiners. But, hey, let's just give them a dose of the Road Warriors as well with that group. So there you go. They should have just said, hey, go find a building and jump off of it. What the hell? (laughs) I want to mention it now. Because of the injury, the Steiners had been working regularly with Doom. The team made up of Ron Simmons and Butch Reed. Doom would partner with you and Ole that night. So you got those guys. That beef behind you on your side. And we know that Reed and Simmons will win the tag titles at Capital Combat. But as a colleague to these guys, Arn, what were your impressions of both Butch Reed and Ron Simmons? Well, number one, a couple of badasses in real life. Uh, Ron Simmons, today, right now, today, is all man, buddy. And Butch Reed was at that time, you know, balls for days, great physique, great athlete. Those guys made a hell of a team, and that meant Teddy Long was roaming around out there somewhere who cracks me up. Yeah. That was that was worth the price of admission itself. So, uh, you know, that would have made it a lot more competitive, that's for sure. Quote of the show so far, Teddy Long, balls for days. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I butchered. And then Teddy Long was the guy that was blocking everybody on social media. Did you hear about all that? Someone had, had uh, broke into his social media accounts and was blocking everybody. That made the headlines. This, he was uh, trending. Is that the he, proper term, not terminology? He, he, you got it, buddy. You know what you're talking about. Come on now. I love it. Teddy had to have an angle somewhere with that. He is yeah. constantly working. That's for sure. Yeah. So butchery balls for days. There we go. April 20th in Augusta at the Civic Center. The Minnesota Wrecking Crew took on the Steiner Brothers in a non-title stretcher match. Arn, I would love to have been off fly on the wall when this match was pitched. So what we want to do is have you guys wrestle Rick and Scott. And let's make it a no DQ event where the only way to win is by placing your opponents on a stretcher. Who bit this shit, pal? Was this Ole or? Didn't I, didn't I just go to the hospital? <laughs> what are they? Trying Wasn't to I just off kind of like for three months? Yeah. So book me, book me back into the hospital and back into rehab because just getting a one, two, three is not enough. 
So we, we talked about it. First match back, Road Warrior Steiners. Second match back is a stretcher match with the Steiners. So they're really doing a nice job of taking care of you coming off that, that injury. huh? Somebody didn't want me there. I, yeah. I don't know. Who would have still been in Boston? Would that have been, been Jim Hurd? I, I think so. But, I mean, I think Ole was still was still booking stuff back then, too. Uh, I don't I don't know who would have made the call. Maybe Jim Hurd was was pissed. The pizza man. Yeah, you pissed off the pizza man. Well, uh, Arn, you're back. So the following day in the heart of horseman country, Charleston, South Carolina, at the McAllister Fieldhouse. I don't know if you remember the McAllister Fieldhouse. At dump. All. It's a dump. Okay. <laughs> and in the wintertime, it had those old-timey radiators back in the locker room. Sometimes they worked. Sometimes they didn't. So it could be a freezing building in the winter. It was a really a, just a dump. All right. So you're at the dump in Charleston, and you and, uh, and, and Ole would take on the Steiners again in the main event, again under stretcher match rules. So there you go. There's no uh, rest for the weary. Uh, you move on April 23rd. You're at the Cobb County Civic Center in a sellout of 1600. And NWA would tape multiple episodes of syndicated television here. The crowd that night was treated to the big surprise I talked about at the start of the show. It is the return of BW, Barry Windham. This match aired on the May 5th episode of NWA Worldwide. And as you come to expect, because we wouldn't have it any other way, my friend, we have the clip of the closing moments of this match, the aftermath. And the promo, our second clip of the week. This is from NWA Worldwide. It aired May 5th, 1990. Let's take a look. Now Luger picks him up. He's going up with him. Now wait a minute. He's going to try a superplex. He's going to end this match right here. Yes! This might be it, buddy. The champions are allowed. including the returning Barry Windham. Well, you said one thing, right? Well, let's clarify to the whole wrestling world that you're standing here, whether you like it or they like it, with the most elite set of wrestlers on this planet. We run professional ruling. We run professional wrestling. And the bottom line is Sting, Luger, and Robocop will have to learn to live with it. You know, we warned him many, many times and they didn't understand. 
And finally, we had to do something, make what they call an attitude adjustment. And I want you to know this, Luger, if you make it to that capital combat, bring the sting, bring RoboCop, and bring everybody you can find, because you're the guy that's going to end up going down big time. The reign of Booger and Sting is about to end, and I want every one of you to listen. These two guys for too long have had their free run in the NWA. Things are about to change, boys. And tonight, what you're going to see is nothing compared to what's going to happen. What Stuger and Lean and Sting just got, I'll tell you, they are going to get more of it, and a whole lot more is coming forever. It's a funny thing to me. Every time the horsemen get together, somebody gets hurt. We forewarn, nobody seems to listen. So now you're going to get this bucket of bolts. Well, we figured it out. If it's a machine, it's man-made. Man can destroy it. If it's human, we can hurt it. If it's sent from God, if it's a guardian angel, that's going to be your only hope because we're steamrolling you, the horsemen. Our bottom line. There it is, the return of Barry Windham. And uh, I love the line, every time the horsemen get together, somebody gets hurt. They, him and Rick even had matching ponytails. Did you notice that? I did. I was going to bring that up because, man, that's not a look uh, that we we notice very often. Rick with the old hair tied back as opposed to letting that mane flow. I mean, Must, my, must have been a token. Welcome back, Barry, maybe. There, I guess. I maybe guess. I something. Mean, I'll take Barry Wyndham under any circumstances, any time, any place. He, uh, as you just saw right there, he makes a difference. And what a, what a tremendous performer. He does, man. And you said it. He just makes that the whole faction stronger and more credible right away. I did want to bring it up because we talked about this as well. Sting here, he's still only two months uh, removed from the injury. Uh, but, man, he's the target again right there in the ring. And I know, uh, you know, we talked about it, as I said, early on in the February show. But looking back now, don't you think, man, hey, it's, it's still too soon having him out there with that big old bulky knee brace to be involved in any physicality. 100% foolish. Yeah. You know, to have his presence, okay, I get it. But the fact is, you never know when somebody's going to slip. There's variables all over the place. People, you know, the guys, some of them wore oil on their bodies. It would get on the ropes. Uh, it would get on your hands. If you try to grab somebody, you would slip. There's so many things that could have happened. To have Sting out there and with his value to that company at that time was just foolish. And to look back on it, you just go, God, thank God everybody was a pro and everybody paid attention to where everybody else was. And the ring at that time, because that kind of went south very easily. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Buddy, listen, the following day, NWA recorded TV at Center Stage in Atlanta. And if the return of Wyndham wasn't enough, the horsemen are about to add more muscle, more beef. One of the most imposing uh, heavies in the business at the time. That's right, Sid Vicious. He was made a horseman by Ole on May 12th. And it was on an episode of World Championship Wrestling. This is our third clip of the week. We're going to take a look at how all that went down. Man, the horsemen are just getting stronger, Arn. Let's take a look. One week from tonight, ladies and gentlemen, it's all on the line. Rick Flair, Lex Luger, first time ever in a cage for the world title, and the horsemen are indeed at full strength. Watch out, Sting and Robocop. Jim Ross, people, you're about to find out that the manhunt is over. <laughs> what she is saying! to the wrestling world is now we have the ace the trump card so that next saturday night not only am i going to beat lex luger in the cage not only is he going to bleed from coast to coast he is going to be the most embarrassed athlete alive because when you get beat in the cage it's all over tell him rock <laughs> come on in here just when everybody thought it couldn't get any better take a look this is going to be the addition the brand new addition now we are at 
full strength. And if anybody has any doubt about what the horseman can do, take a look at the man that's going to take care of RoboCop. RoboCop, I'm six foot nine, 320 pounds. I am the real man of steel in the NWA, and you better learn to like it. <laughs> what an ad, what a, an addition! It's thrill, full strength. Six. I don't want to be around this. Six nine. Can you believe it? Flair takes Luger, the Horseman takes Sting, and the bucket of bolts goes to Sid Vicious. Tell him about it, Barry. We have amassed the true powers of professional wrestling right here, and with the big man on our side, we can't lose. Luger, Sting. It's the end. You may as well give up because from now on, we dominate professional wrestling. <laughs> Get it, Jim Ross. In my own articulate way, I'm going to spell it out for the entire world. If you think we're playing stack the deck in Washington, D.C., the most violent city in the country where murder runs rampant. We're bringing the violence to Washington, my friend. If you think R2-D2 and Sting on one leg and Luger can buck these odds, you are out of your noodle. Tell him they say one thing to Ted Turner and to everybody out there. I don't care if you're five years old or 50 years old. This guy is 6'10". He weighs 350 pounds. He's going to eliminate Robocop and Sting. One, two, three, four, five. We're going to break your leg again. Think about that, Sting. When you walk that aisle, we're going to break your leg again. Flair with the ponytail again. I, I think this is 1990s going for that Steven Seagal look. That's, that's what we're doing there. I, I also love Flair, too, because Sid said, I'm 6'9", 320. <laughs> but, man, when Flair gets the mic, he's 6'10", 350. Uh, you got to love Nature Boy. He's growing as we speak, Sid, <laughs> right in front before our eyes. <laughs> now, right now, I'm going to just tell you, because recollections, you know, come and go these days but the fact is just looking at that group that should have been a group that got shoved to the moon oh absolutely and anything going forward that we see less than that is going to mean that somebody was behind it in a personal level that just didn't want it to fly because mm. you look at that just point blank i mean my god from the muscle and the wrestling talent and the mic skills, I mean, specifically, you know, you, Flair, uh, you guys had it all. Uh, you did. The team. Uh, listen, let's talk about Sid Vicious. So everybody's heard the stories. He's popped in and out, out of WWF and WCW. There's been, um, you know, in and out of the ring altercations with you, Pillman, none of, none of which we care to talk about. But at the same time, he had that look, the intensity, the presence. And for a lot of fans, myself included, this incarnation of the Horseman is my third favorite because he added that extra element of danger for the Horseman rivals. When Sid was made a Horseman, what were you guys hoping to accomplish with him? Well, he, he, was, the, he was the muscle. He was a monster. Nobody yes. looked better. Nobody has ever looked better in that ring. When he would, I mean, his offense looked like it just took your head off. He had intense promos. There was no, really nothing missing. And when he first came aboard, you know, we would work matches like we did years before that with Crockett, you know, with Luger. We would make him and feature him during the course of a match. When he stepped through the ropes, it doesn't matter if they had been kicking all of our asses. When he stepped through, things shut down. And people bought it. Why wouldn't they look at him? You know, we bought it. Sid bought it. He was a he was a player that when he came through, he was the stopper. That was it. He was the monster among men before uh, Braun Strowman. I mean, he was just intense, big, delivered that power bomb. It looked like he was going to break people in half. And, oh yeah, uh, yeah. 
Well, Arm, we move on. It's April 28th in Baltimore. Road Warrior Animal Team with Rick Steiner defeating you and Ole in the opening match of the event. And in the main event, Luger defeated Flair in a non-title cage match. Of note, though, on April 29th, NWA ran the spiritual, spiritual home of the horsemen, the Greensboro Coliseum. Only 1,800 fans showed up to the matches that night, Arn. Road Warrior Animal and Rick Steiner defeated Enos and Bloom in a stretcher match in the semi-main event of the evening, and Luger defeated Flair by DQ when Ole would interfere. But this card, Arn, isn't lacking for talent. You have 1,800 in an arena that's usually done 15,000, in the past with the same wrestlers on the crew that had to be a little demoralizing do you any any thoughts on that one well i mean you had partial didn't you say it was animal and rick steiner it was it wasn't you know, road warriors and, and steiners it was half and half yeah don't think that that's not a big thing okay if you had the Road Warriors and the Steiner brothers in two matches that's a lot stronger card than taking one guy from each and combining them uh, all I can figure is there were some injuries or something along those lines. And and to your point, you talked about this in our, uh, you know a couple of weeks ago. This was also kind of the time where you guys are rebuilding the brand, you know, under this leadership too. So there's some yeah. of that still going on too. It's a startup company. You can't, you know, the people of Greensboro remember, obviously all the guys from the Crockett era, but we're also making new fans and we're starting over and it was a startup company. There you go. Arn, up until the Capital Combat pay-per-view, you make no appearances on TV or the house shows. During these 19 days, Flair would travel the country defending the title against the likes of Luger and Brian Pillman. All of the TV centered on the Flair-Luger cage match with the participation of Sting and, and the bucket of bolts, RoboCop, it was all heavily advertised. I mean, this is a marketing, well, you know, for what they did with marketing back then. It was a marketing push about RoboCop. And I, I want to make note of a couple things that went down during this time. On May 11th, Paul E. Dangerously made his return to the NWA on the Power Hour. Arm Paul Heyman would later manage you as part of the most underrated faction in wrestling history by a lot of fans from that period, the Dangerous Alliance. What did you think of Paul Heyman early in his career? What a student. I mean, he was one of those guys who was like Howard Finkel. You ask him anything about anybody, he had a name, a date, the angle, you name it. He was a real student of the business. At a young age, when he first came aboard, Paul was was a young man, and he uh, he had his stuff together. You know, I, I had to admit, he uh, he knew his stuff. And he comes a great talker. Continue to be, uh, continue, uh, continues to be to this day. And uh, my goodness, some would say he's probably on the Mount Rushmore when you think about it as a manager, commentator, promoter uh, in what he does. Uh, he's just had such an impactful career. Arm, we move on earlier in the month leading up to the pay-per-view. Flair would wrestle Luger, losing most encounters by way of DQ. However, on May 5th, 4,000 fans at the Civic Center in St. Paul, watch matches put on by both the NWA and AWA in an event the promoters called Twin Wars. Of note, Flair defeated Brian Pillman with former AWA champion and future WCW commissioner Nick Bockwinkle acting as the special referee. I know we've not mentioned Bockwinkle previously on this show. Do you have any memories or stories you can share with our audience about Nick Bockwinkle? Just Nick was always, you know... Dressed to the nines, he would glide. Some guys had this just glide to them when they would walk. Akbar was one of those guys. Nick Bockwinkle was one of those guys. They just had this sachet to them. Nick was one of those guys. Always intelligent, always articulate. He was just a, and a tremendous performer. He was a wrestler's wrestler. Nick was the whole package. It sounds like he just had like an aura about him. Nick, he did. Know? Yeah. Sure did. Yeah, he definitely carried himself with class. And uh, I remember him being kind of the stalwart, the foundation of the AWA in those days. Business also seemed to be down during this period of time. The event in St. Paul only drew 4,000. But subsequent shows that followed with Hulk subbing for Luger due to a staph infection drew houses in the hundreds, not thousands. Mm. Uh yeah. During the middle of the month, if Flair was wrestling, it was against either Rick Steiner or Road Warrior Hawk. If Flair was off, the main event was Doom versus the Steiners. Still, amazing talent could not draw the houses. 
Any thoughts on the low attendance during this period of time, Double A? Well, I mean, even though you have names, you have to have angles. Personal issues are what draw money, not just names. You know, if you just throw a card together and you have nothing on TV that has heated it up or is substantial as far as why I want to see this guy fight this guy, just names against names has never and will never work. It will never draw. Personal issues draw. From your lips to God's ears, as I even watch current wrestling today, it's, hey, we have a stack card this tonight. That's great, but what's the reason that I want to watch that stack card? Dang. Correct. That's that's such good perspective. May nineteenth, NWA fans are treated to the return of the Enforcer at Capital Combat. Here we go. This does mean we're going to be treated to the wrestling debut of RoboCop. Yippee! I know I'm excited. Seventy five hundred fans showed up to the event that night. As noted by the history of WWE.com, there were no air, there was no air conditioning in the Washington, D.C. armory that night, and many of the fans showed up late because the tickets listed an 8 p.m. start time versus the actual 7 p.m. start time. So, Arn, we're already off to a hot start at this (laughs) event. Literally hot start. Uh, No air conditioning. So let's get into it, because thanks to our buddy Richard Land, that's right, Arn, blame Richard for digging these clips up. We have three clips from this show. The first is a promo from the Horseman. In our fourth clip of the week, let's take a listen to what you all had to say. Here we go of the horseman, Ole Anderson, Arn Anderson, the gigantic Sid Vicious. I know you have something on your mind. Jim Ross has talked about the situation with Lex Luger. Well, I'll tell you what, everybody's been talking about how great Lex Luger is and what a courageous man. As far as we're concerned, only an idiot would do what Lex Luger is doing. Talk about a hospital, Luger. Well, you make it out here, and I guarantee you, your last breath is going to be taken right out there in that squared circle. All you got to do is realize this. The horsemen, I mean the horsemen, have never, ever allowed a title to leave the hands of the world heavyweight champion, Rick Flair! And we're not going to let it happen tonight! Step in here, champ! Bottom line is, look at If you got a problem... You understand what I'm telling you? When you walk that aisle, you pay the price for thinking that one day in your life, you are half the man that I am every day as your world heavyweight wrestling champion. Right, double A. Luger, truer words have never been spoken. We're all individuals thinking individually, working collectively towards the same goal. My friend, we're all synchronized gears working together to keep what belongs to the horsemen. And as God is our witness, we'll die before we'll let him lose that remembrance. All right. All right. There it is from the horsemen. Right now, let's go back to Jim Ross and Bob Cutler. Can't help but notice Sid still sporting that tuxedo and the air conditioning is not working in the building. Two mistakes. Go ahead. And you can go back and look at it, Monday morning quarterback. Sid was brand new with us. We should have took a portion of that promo right off the get-go and featured him. Yeah. Put him over verbally, big time, and then moved on with business. Number two. Yes, he has got on the tux. I, when you got a body like that, I would have never had a shirt on that guy. Yeah. He'd been standing out there without a shirt every time you saw him. And just to go ahead and let you know what you're dealing with. Those were two mistakes. And that's, you go back and watch this stuff. You learn from it, hopefully going forward. You know, we, we got a little smarter about making him a bigger star. It wasn't purposely. It just... Yeah. One of those things that uh, at the time you think is the right thing to do. Yeah, especially when he had already been presented that way in the tux. I mean, the guy's not lurch. Uh, you know, he's going to. He, he, now here we are again, like you said, have the opportunity to present him differently. So there's that. You, you 
hit the nail on the head. But man, once again, you land the go-home line of this whole deal. We'll die before we let him lose uh, that championship. And you point at the big gold belt. Injured or not, man, you still have the same intensity we've come to expect uh, from you with the promos. So very good. While that promo did set the stage on for that night of wrestling, they owned uh, that pro- as far as owned by that television program. He did indeed spend a great deal of time, effort, money, and energy building the event around RoboCop, who was charged with protecting the injured Sting from the Horseman. In our fifth clip of the week, we have the interaction between the Stinger, RoboCop, and the Horseman. Buddy, this is the one that you have been just dying since last week to see. Here we go. Oh. Like something's going on down here. The doors have opened. Security men are coming out. And it looks like, yes, it is indeed. Sting and Robocop are making their way out to the arena. Robocop listening as he comes out through the light. And he's... Oh, I'll tell you one thing. Four horsemen. Watch out. Sting, watch it. Stand by. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we apologize for... uh, for that, uh, someone per- per- apparently has grabbed the camera. Let's go back to Gary Capetta. Ladies and gentlemen, it is indeed a pleasure to introduce the man that so many little spinners have been pulling for. He is explosive. He is charismatic. He is Steve. Everyone standing in this capacity crowd standing on their feet. Let's go back to Gary Capetta. And ladies and gentlemen, the nation's number one law enforcer, he serves the public trust, protects the innocent, upholds the law, the ultimate peace officer, RoboCop. Great ovation for RoboCop as he makes his way to the ring. You'll be coming into our camera view here. Now, the wait a minute, the horsemen are already up. They just threw Sting in the cage. They just threw Sting in the cage that Cornette was in. Sting has been caged by the horsemen, but here comes Robocop, Bob. Sid Vicious, Ole Anderson, Arn Anderson, they all attacked him, threw him into the cage. Once again, but look at RoboCop now as he's approaching. He is not they're, back, in, they're backing away from him. He's not intimidated, Bob. RoboCop going right to the cage. This You're deal. Gonna be a bucket of balls when we get down with you. Oh gosh, Almighty! He's pulling that door right off the hinges. Uh-huh. Woohoo! What strength uh-huh. by RoboCop! Whoa. And man, you want a piece of him, Horseman? <laughs> look at Ole and Hard and Big Sid back up. Uh, and the expression on their faces, uh, what the heck have we got here? They say there'll be another day when, when Anderson, when only Anderson saw Robocop pull that, that steel door right off the cage, they said we better wait for another day. Sting and Robocop have asserted themselves here. Sting looks phenomenal. He looks to be 100%, Bob. He and his buddy Robocop. I tell you, the horsemen wanted no part of either of those, especially the Stinger and Robocop. Well, well, what was the cage made out of? Swiss cheese? I mean, come on. Well, do you remember any of, of the props and any of that stuff walking through that that day as you watched that? Well, we obviously didn't walk through it properly. <laughs> Robocop, oh. was, he was as tall as my, as my eight-year-old son. I mean, that guy... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it just, I felt bad for Sid. Yeah. The real monster having to take a powder from that. I mean, it was just, it was a promotion, you know, for the the movie, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And um, we're, build, we're building, it's a start, you know, it's a startup company. We're trying to build a relationship with TBS, obviously. Yes, yeah. And that was, it was took first place, you know, the promotion of the movie within our show. So you did exactly what they wanted, and our show was on their station, and that's the way it was. It just could have been done a lot better, obviously. Yeah, he, uh, Jim Hurd was asked about it with the uh, Conversations with Conrad series, which, by the way, is available on adfreeshows.com. And he said it was, you know, hey, their mission was to broaden the appeal to the younger children. Younger audience, that's what Vince was doing, putting Hulk on every piece of merchandise, every poster, every pay-per-view. 
but man, you know, overall now it's kind of like a laughing stock. It's it's a, it's a joke, and uh, I know at one of the Starcasts, Conrad had RoboCop strutting around. Someone donned the outfit and was walking around, and people could get pictures. But uh, yeah. <laughs> It just doesn't look very imposing. The, the, first of all, the, the cage itself just like, looked like it was made out of wax, black wax or something. And, uh, but then you're right. You got 6'9", or as Flair says, 6'10", Sid, standing there, and this small little thing you know, in, his, in his suit coming out. Uh, I don't know. Ugh. Well, just, you know, here's the reality. You can try to cover it up. We can sit here all day and try to tell you a thousand things that we hope will sway you into believing that was a good idea. Reality is it was just not executed worth the shit. There you go, the shits. Let's let's just just let's just try to make it something it's not. We were trying to do the right thing by TBS and it was just not executed that well and that's on all of us. Well, Arn, uh, you know what? Let's move on because the main event of Please. the evening, yes, was the cage match between Flair and Luger. And it, my friend, was uh, heavily filled with shenanigans. And quite frankly, there was a bullshit finish. But Arn, you don't have to take my word for it because you know we're prepared. In the final clip from this pay-per-view, we had the final moments of the main event. Let's check it out together. Jim. Luger trying to stand. Luger almost out of it. 
Oh, my God. I cannot believe Ole Anderson's pulled this off. There'll be an investigation on this. I'm sure Woman and Ole Anderson had this plan. Ole Anderson commandeered this, the area that the cage, the guy who was controlling the cage was in. Well, Tony Schiavone, is Tony Schiavone down there? Tony Schiavone, can you hear me? Yes, I can, Jim Ross. And here we are. He is still the one. What is it? Look at it. You yeah. keep him on. This is it right here. Find it. Come here. Come here. We're the horsemen. Look at us. Oh my God! Someone needs to care for, on Sting's behalf. First of all, he, he's still not even cleared here, dude. And, and his foot slipped during the altercation. I don't even know if you noticed that. So that's dangerous, considering his knee injury. And somewhere in all this, you got Elegante making his big surprise debut. He misses his cue and looks greener than goose shit. Would it be fair to say that this event was snake bitten from start to finish? <laughs> All I can do is for anyone that made an effort to watch that production, I apologize. <laughs> the giant walked down, and during the entire event was just a big stiff walking, <laughs> an eight-foot-tall stiff walking around. He accomplished nothing, absolutely nothing. nothing. That was just so bad. It God, was bad. At a pay-per-view, Capital Combat, a pay-per-view. I apologize to everyone that's going to listen to this show, everyone that's going to hear this clip. I don't have an excuse because nothing will validate that monstrosity that we just saw. It was so rotten. Oh, I'm, 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 you know, very few things in this business have I just been embarrassed and humiliated and Sorry for the fans, all wrapped up into one, but this whole debacle was just, start to finish was just horrible. Yeah, it, it wasn't good. But but listen, let's talk about something that's good. We got to get something good out of this, because despite all this silly shit that we just watched, you, my friend, are officially back on the road the following day. <sighs> At the Omni, May 20th, in front of a modest crowd of 2,200 fans, you... I know. Barry Windham, the nature boy, would defeat the Road Warriors and Rick Steiner when Hulk was pinned following a spike pile driver from Windham and Flair. And then May 23rd, NWA records the May 26th episode of World Championship Wrestling. It's Gainesville, Georgia, buddy. 1,500 fans in attendance that featured a horseman promo. And thank God you were there, Arn, because we have Barry and Sid taking a shot as well. With the steady hand you had become, you brought the message home. We have a clip. This is our second to last clip of the week. Clip 7, May 26, 1990. Let's check out this horseman promo. We have compiled the finest wrestlers in the NWA right here. And what you see is exactly what you get, because you will find none better than what you find in the horsemen. How about it, big boy? Well, everybody's listening. They wonder, what are they going up against when they go against the four horsemen? Let me give you a little idea what it's like. It's just like going down that long, straight road. There's no end to you get in, and you fall off the face of the world, baby. You know, we're human. You can hurt us. But injury creates character. Adversity introduces a man to himself. This point in time, 1990, we know exactly who we are. They said it was a myth. They said it was over. It's okay to go back in the wrestling ring, gentlemen. What we did was just re-choose sides. The horsemen of 1990, take it to the bank. 
will be the most elite unit ever seen before. Size, quickness, knowledge, we got it all. Uh, as I said, Arn, I'm glad you were there to take it home, buddy, because, uh, you know, we, we've never said Barry was the greatest when it came to be a heel on the mic. But, man, most of his talking came, you know, was in the ring. As for Sid, he's green. The only way to learn to cut a promo is to, uh, I guess, cut a promo. Yeah. Uh, listen, we did not do right by him in any fashion. That eight-footer should have came down, and Sid should have just destroyed him. Yes. Now you got something. So we as a company failed. We failed all across the board. And that that promo it did not add anything to what we were trying to do. It just was more bad. Just I just it just I don't know. I'm I'm fixing to go fall on the sword. <laughs> this is not a good good one for Arn. Uh listen <laughs> You do have a match. We're going to end the show on a high note because you did defend your television championship against Paul Drake. You won the match with the DDT. And after the match, it was announced that you would defend your TV title against Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff at the upcoming Clash of the Champions 11 on June 13th, which, by the way, that's going to be next week's show. We do have this enhancement match in its entirety. In our final clip of the week, let's take a look at your first title defense back from injury, Arn, we finally get to watch some good wrestling. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, the following contest is set for one fall, making his way to the ring area. He's the current world's television champion, a member of the most exclusive group in professional wrestling, the Four Horsemen from Minnesota, weighing 249 pounds, double A, Arn Henderson. Entering his opponent from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, weighing 224 pounds, Paul and ladies and gentlemen as i have asked uh, mr wrestling two has joined jim Cornette and me here at our broadcast position and earlier we heard the horsemen come out uh, they don't like to show any emotion it would seem but two they are a little uneasy about the surprise that you and i know about well let me tell you this uh, you know i know rick flair ole anderson iron anderson i know the horsemen perhaps as good if not better than anybody around and uh, from what I can gather is that they're worried. They are definitely worried. They've got something that is, uh, is got their minds completely uh, bottled. And uh, they've got, i tell you what, to be very honest with you, this is going to be a surprise. You might even call it the ultimate surprise because this man is not only big, but he's powerful, and he can get the job done no matter what the circumstances may be. You can't I, stand it, can you, Corny? I am... I do not understand how there could be something going on in professional wrestling bigger than Mr. Wrestling 2, bigger than Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff that I don't know about, that Ric Flair doesn't know about, and that only Anderson and the Horsemen don't know about. I cannot understand how something like that can happen. That hurts, don't it? That's too bad. But I tell you what, you will know before the night's over, and when you do find out who it is, I'll guarantee you, you're going to think twice. Paul Drake sending Arn Anderson the television champion to the ride, and Anderson came down with that elbow. It'll be Arn Anderson facing Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff at Clash of Champions 11 live right here on TBS on Wednesday night, June 13th, 8.05 Eastern Time. But right now it's Arn Anderson, and two, he's one of the toughest men in the sport. He's got a DDT that's beyond compare. Yeah, that's very true, and he's also one of the most devious. That's why he's with the four horsemen. You know, I, I don't like the man tactics. You know, I have always upheld wrestling. And I think that's the game, and that's the way it should go. There's that DDT we were talking about. This should be it, and indeed it is. Arn Anderson has won it. Here is the winner of the world television champion, Arn Anderson. I want to thank Mr. Wrestling, too, for being with us. Thanks a lot, too. Thank you. I love it. You knew right where the camera is. You, you throw up the four fingers. You talk to us at home. All the heel. I love it. Love all the stuff. Doing all the right things all in that right match things. cannot right. patch a hole in this show. <laughs> we Again, tried. We tried. Paul, I apologize to you. Oh, I it, wouldn't put anybody through this. This is this is we're walking through your history, buddy. And unfortunately, there's going to be peaks and there's going to be valleys. And we've not really hit on too many valleys. But this show, this month, this RoboCop and the booking and Eligante and all this. This might be one of the toughest ones we've gotten through. But we're through. Well, again, apologies. I can assure everybody, everybody on Earth, it's going to get better. It has everybody, to. Everybody on Earth. I love it. It has to. It can't get any worse.
We're going to round out this week's coverage on. We're coming to the home stretch. The NWA ran the Civic Center in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. 1,500 fans showed up. No wonder the fans aren't showing up to the matches that night. The main event was the Horsemen, Flair, yourself, and Barry Windham. You guys would lose a match to the Road Warriors and Junkyard Dog by DQ when you and Nate hit Hawk with the spike pile driver. Uh, so there you go. At the Norfolk Scope the following day, you didn't wrestle, but seconded Flair to the ring as he took on JYD. And he won this nine t- non-title match, but, buddy, it went 16 minutes. And you tried to break up the pin but couldn't get in the ring. And, and, and JYD, he's subbing here because of uh, you know Luger's staff infection. But it, JYD, Flair, 16 minutes with Nate? I mean, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? You saying that's too much or not? I enough? think I don't. I think that's a long time for good old JYD. I mean, it's not like he was known for having the strongest move set. Well, and the stuff that he did, they bought. But once it was, you know, you had ran through the Rolodex, that was it. That's it. It could have probably been eight minutes, and you're right, bell to bell. Yeah. Well, there's a reason, and, and we talked about it. There's a reason the, 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 the ticket sales are down in this era, this time frame right now. You're in Richmond, the Coliseum. It's you and uh, Nature Boy and Barry Windham. You guys would defeat JYD and the Road Warriors. The next day, they recorded TV in Roanoke. And we'll take a look at those segments next week since they all aired on June TV. May 30th, the Dorton Arena, 1,100 fans watch you defend the TV title against Tommy Wildfire Rich. And closing out our coverage of May 1990 in the main event from the Civic Center in Charleston, West Virginia, people watched you and Barry and Nature Boy lose a six-man tag to the Steiner Brothers and JYD. And Arn, that's going to put a bow on our coverage of April and May 1990. Despite your injury, you remained a key figure in the Flair Luger storyline, as well as the Sting and RoboCop angle. But we're through it. We made it through. Next week, we're on to bigger and better things. We're going to look at the build of the Great American Bash, where Sting is anointed as the man. We're going to watch at least part of the match you had with Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff at The Clash. We're going to talk about matches with the dudes with attitudes. You know who they are. Sting's allies that included Junkyard Dog, Orndorff, and the Steiners, and a lot more. So I'm looking forward to next week's show, pal. Got to be better. Has to be. Let's, let's get to next week. Let's do it. Before we get to next week, I want to remind you guys, you got to check out the merch over at boxagimmicks.com. I want to thank those that have reached out to me. We have some really good leads now on some vendors for that four horseman satin jacket with the logo. Uh, we're in touch with a few folks now. Our merch guy is so more to come there. So we really appreciate our listeners for doing that. You know who you are. And, uh, man, but I'm excited for the stuff that's already out there. If you haven't already, make sure you check out those T-shirts, Arn, uh, with those really cool logos, right? Yep, you bet. It's a little bit of the new, a little bit of the old. But for those that remember the horsemen when they were at their best, and this was not last week. (laughs) That's uh, right. You know, it's kind of cool to have some nostalgia. So we got it coming for you, folks. There you go. Well, listen, on behalf of the founder of the Four Horsemen, the Hall of Famer, Arn Anderson, this is Paul Bromwell, and we'll see you right here next week again on Arn. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.